Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius and the, I don't know, I don't want to really say special guest. You're not that special. No, with a very special guest, a very good friend. Kind of crazy when we met and how that all happened, but it's been on an old podcast, so we're not even going to go into that shit today. It is my buddy Carl Dominic. Carl, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. You and Luca, your 11 year old son, live in Rhode Island. When was the last time we hung out? You, we were out there, right? The Probably like two years ago yeah. or something. And then we were here about four years ago. Okay. And you guys, and was there another trip before that that you stayed yeah. with us too? Mm -hmm. yeah right when jen and Liv went somewhere and you guys stayed with us for like a week or so i've been able to spend a lot of vacations at your house so it's cool that we've been able to stay close even if we don't talk very often oftentimes it's our sons that are keeping in touch and even your son he'll often play fortnite with me if he sees that i'm on or jen's on he'll ask us if we'll play and it's always fun playing with him so that's cool to keep that connection yeah I love it when I see him play with you guys. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you, you know. ever do you ever get jealous? A little bit, actually, yeah. But then you know that because you've been trying to. It's that the push and pull of I really do not like video games. Don't want a piece of them, but it seems like it's a way that I'm going to have to play with them or interact. Them, or I'll miss out on a lot of stuff. But as you know, it has a dark, dark, deep history. Yeah, no, I I think it was funny. So one of the things we were talking about on this trip was doing things for our kids that we just normally wouldn't want to do going outside of our uh, comfort zone. One of those things is what Carl's talking about with the not wanting to play video games. I love playing video games. It's super, it's super fun to play with my kids. They often don't want to play with us, but, and even with my wife, even if it's just my wife and I playing, that's always been fun. We've done that for a long time. Then when the kids came, we played with them too sometimes. So having that's been cool. But for you, it's been complete opposite, right? Yeah. Because as I've told you, it was a way that my brothers connected with my dad. Mm -hmm. And they all loved doing it. And I didn't. And I kind of tried to like it, but I couldn't make myself like it. And thus, I was just excluded from all of that. Mm -hmm. And that was the way that they they bonded. So, yeah, it's a... Is it, and I, you know, I just don't like playing them. I never have. Okay. Now with your son being a big time gamer, like my son, that's what they like to do. How many games have you actually tried playing? Like where you only, picked up the controller and you, yeah, you've only, given it a shot. Only a couple. Okay. Only a couple. And cause in uh, your head, you already don't like it. Right. And, yeah. Or, I, you know, I just, I feel stupid. I don't see yeah. how it could be entertaining for a very long period of time. Yeah. So I'll, you'll get me to play smash brothers with them and I'll just push everything. You know, I don't know mm. what any of the controllers are doing. I might get lucky two times out of 20 and, but that's it. And, but I told you about a game called unravel that I really liked, but to me that was because it was quite lovely and a little bit spooky and you had to do it together. And it was no killing no yeah. things. Yeah. No, sometimes. So, and we play those kinds of games, too. We played Unravel and Unravel, Unravel 2. I like those games. Liv plays a lot of those. But then it's also fun just to kill everything as a family. So, uh, but we, I don't like playing Call of Duty. I don't like the realistic violence as much. I even uninstalled Mortal Kombat on here because it's just so graphic. Like that's how much I don't like seeing violence. Like even the shit on Mortal Kombat that I used to love as a kid or teenager, 
now I was like, oh, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see those injuries. That's nasty. I'll write about them. Oh, wow. And I bet this probably looks very realistic compared to that mm-hmm. I mean, Oh, yeah. I would. I don't even think I've seen it. Oh, they show you all the broken bones. Like It's almost like having the x-ray yeah, vision yeah. and you see everything nasty happening, slow yeah, motion, right. fun stuff. But yeah, so that was one of the things. And so yesterday, after a lot of me making me feel super guilty, because I kept saying, Hey man, I think this would mean a lot to your son for you to do this. Even if it makes you uncomfortable for 20 or 30 minutes, how bad would it be? I think it'll mean a lot to him, especially if he understands how much you don't like it. And so I was proud of you for giving into that guilt and letting me peer pressure you into playing yesterday. And then today we're going to play some more. No, I'm glad you made me do it. But, you know, I mean, it surprises me how strongly there is some resistance in me to not do it. I mean, literally... I'm thinking, yes, of course. I mean, I would love to be able to play with my son. Yeah. And it would be awesome uh, to be able to, to bond with him in that way because he's so into it. And when and as I've said to you, I'm a, I listen to you guys talking and there's this sophisticated language around it. There's, you get, your knowledge of it is deep. So it immediately makes it seem like that's very intimate. And if you're not part of that, again, you're on the outside watching like I was with mm-hmm. my dad and my brothers. So... Yes, and all, I'm a grown-up now, though. That's the difference, and I can just make that choice. But it's so freaking hard for me to want to sit there and do it. And you saw how hard it was for me to just look around. Right, right. The, the most basic of controls I'm having very trouble with. But that was a much worse than you actually thought. Tell me honestly. No, and I was going to say that's what <laughs> I would expect. So I would expect anyone playing a new game, or especially someone that hasn't played video games, to have those same issues. Like, I've had those same issues. Anyone would. But I think that's probably one of the things is – not wanting to do something because one, yeah, I'm going to look foolish. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to understand it. I don't know. I think that's one of the things that has stopped me from doing things, but that's cool that you did it and tried it. And then today we'll put it you in uh, a real battle royale and see how you well, handle some stress with people stupid. shooting in your fucking face. I can't even see anything because no. I don't know how to turn my face. No, but you'll have to just be okay dying. <laughs> we'll try to protect you. I'll put you in a car with me and just listen to some music. Also showing them how to emote. I have a lot of cool dance emotes. I like we'll to I like to surprise yeah. people with my emotes. I usually go with fierce looking characters or I go opposite and I go with like unicorns and guys like that. And then I have some really cute, nice, flowy dance music yes. along with master puppets and headbanging stuff, but a little bit of everything. So yeah, old joking aside, it's good that you're trying to help me do this because he, he has wanted me to play Fortnite with him. And it just looks overwhelming and overstimulating and a bunch of nonsense. So, mm. okay. I could already see, like, he was he was grateful that you were doing it. He thought that it was cool that you were doing it yesterday. That was awesome to see. He was happy. Yeah. And that was after a long day of doing some other uncomfortable stuff at uh, Knott's Berry Farm. Other things that we do because our children want us to do them, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't go to an amusement park. When you, when you said that was one thing you like to do, I told Carl, I was like, okay, yeah, we could do whatever, man. Like, whatever you guys want to do. We want to go to the beach. want to do whatever. I told him. And uh, it was with the hopes of be like, no, I don't want to do shit. I just want to stay at home and do nothing all day long. Like, like you do every day. The but he didn't say that. Absolutely true. No. But it has been nice doing that, right? Oh, just yeah. kind of relaxing. I haven't been working as much. In fact, I didn't do any social media posts except for today. I did one. And But it's been nice. It's been nice to just disconnect from all that and focus on you guys and enjoy you guys being here, playing games as a family, going to right. jiu-jitsu. But not very fun. Back oh, that. yeah, back to that. That was, the, that was the one thing, though, that I thought, all right, that's, I know Luca would like to do it because last time we were here, he wanted to go on the hang time. He was too short to go on the hang time. I was very, very grateful that he was too short, so I didn't have to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I thought of all the things that maybe he'd really like to do out here, it would be good to do that. Yeah. I don't really want to do it much more than you. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful that, and I yeah. know how much you hate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of driving anywhere and then being at, in my mind, usually Knott's Berry Farm is crowded and it was going to be hot. And I'm like, I did not not what I want to do. Not be around a lot of people when it's hot and miserable and I'm sleeping that great. But it ended up being awesome. I don't know when it was, but I got brave doing roller coasters just recently when because Jake was doing them and he wanted me to go on them and I did not want to go on them. I was like, I didn't hurt myself. But then I started to kind kind of enjoy it. But I was like, I'll never go on that supreme scream, the one that brings you up and drops you down. I'm like, no, nope, that's not for me. I'm not gonna do that one. But yeah, yesterday well, they we they wanted us to do it and we did it and it ended up being fun. So. Yeah, yes. Uh, but but confession, I did not do the hang time. I couldn't do it. <laughs> that was awesome. That was probably that might have been one of my favorite moments of the day, and I have to share it. <laughs> but we decided, so we're thinking about going to hang time. Even Jake doesn't want to go yet because hang time goes like uh, you're all the way. At, it, the scary part is going straight up. I, you're going up flat on your back. Your son didn't care. He loved the whole thing. Jake's a little bit scared he's got his eyes closed i'm like oh it feels like we're gonna slide out of this thing i just keep thinking ways to die and it's going up and then you're just waiting and then it just straight down but it's pretty fun so we were trying to figure that out jake didn't want to go right after lunch because he's like oh man that my stomach doesn't feel good already i want to wait luca wanted to go we put it off a little bit then we went up to the observatory which is nice and peaceful where you're going really high you're going above everything else and when you're up there you get to see hang time and i see you looking at hang time and just seeing that it's almost as high as we are and these people are just hanging in there and then and then i i knew right there i was like oh i was like when i made that decision yeah i knew i made it and that you could try and convince me all you want, but it wasn't happening after that. Yeah. I made my decision. I wasn't doing it. I felt very good about that decision. Yeah. Still do feel good about it. Yeah. And what was awesome, there was no peer pressure. The boys understood. They were cool. You had already gone on everything else. We went yeah, on every were, ride there. We went on the Silver Bullet, which was pretty intense. We went on Ghost Rider. We went on all those rides. So, As I said, the, the things we would do for our kids, of course, I would have done it if it was me with just the boys mm-hmm. and you weren't there. Yeah. If I was taking them today or whatever then yeah, I would have had to do it. You would mm-hmm. suck it up and do it. But I was glad that I didn't have to. I was so glad I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was a fun day. It was it was awesome. We were able to get everything done, come back here, do some more swimming, play some more games, you practicing Fortnite and everything. So it's been that's been cool. Going to we might want to talk about this. I think you found it interesting was how hard it is for me to shut the fuck up about my writing or work or projects I got going on. I kept catching myself and apologizing about it. And you would tell me to keep going, but like my brain just going, going, going. And then it was difficult not to go do writing sessions and everything else, but it also feels good being able to do that. And I realized, man, I'm recharged now. Now I'm ready to go. Like, I, I, I think I really needed that. But yeah, but that's how I feel. I always feel like I want to do it. And I I love that feeling. I think you were saying you get that from photography and also coaching. Well, yeah, well, I do on my good days. But I mean, Mm -hmm. it seems like this is you all the time. And I was saying the difference is you seem to have to fight yourself off from, you know, you have to fight to not do it. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a, it's a, currently it's a bit of a fight to get things done. Yeah. You know, in a different energy. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, we hadn't seen each other for a while. So, of course, you're talking away. I'm happy to hear it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you kept stopping yourself. 
because I I do it all the time with everybody. So very, I feel very narcissistic. It's always about me. So because for me, it's exciting and I'm thrilled. And even if it's just this conversation or that conversation and this happened and that happened, you know, so instead of me asking my wife, like what exciting shit happened at her work, you know, I just wanted to talk about my, I'm excited to talk about my stuff and I I tell my kids stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I find myself that I often take over conversations and I want to talk about my shit because that's what I find exciting. I, I often forget people that I'm meeting aren't podcast listeners that signed up to listen to what I had to say. These are people that they got their own shit going on. They don't care, but whatever. Well, pod, I mean, I listen to podcasts at home. So I test me, you. I test you. I throw shit in there sometimes. I mention them sometimes just to see if he's listening. But I listen to them for the most part. And I, yeah, I just like, it, it's great for me to hear what you got going on feel the momentum of your things building up and i can you know i can tell when things when the excitement's high and things are going well and i can tell when it's maybe a, a bit of a struggle mm-hmm. and but that's what's good about it that's what makes it authentic is that it's just you being you on it and i just think you've got much better at it and sometimes when i'm making my lunch yeah i'll just put that on <laughs> awesome awesome no dude i'm always surprised if anyone wants to listen to me like so thank you to anyone that does i do appreciate it what else there's a lot of cool stuff happening carl's an awesome photographer if you heard the podcast before if you haven't go back i think they were on vicious whispers then we're probably also on my old podcast unlocking but we talked about his project uh, the working title father photos right that's i don't know what the real title is going to be but that's been something that's been going on for a while something important to you Something I would like to see out there, especially because I have my beautiful son in it and I'm in it. And like I said, I'm a narcissist. So I want everyone to see that shit. There are all kinds of other fathers out there, but I think it's a powerful project. That was one thing we were just going to do while you're out here was talk about it. Like, let's figure out how to finish it because I'm going to Germany in October, the book fair. Like, it's just great timing. It's a great book. I could probably sell it or figure out at least the right way to do it ourselves. But the big thing is like, okay, how are you going to finish it? What are you going to finish it with? How much more do you need? So those were the types of things I wanted to discuss with you. But what was cool was Anthony, my old yogi, I just hit him up. I said, hey, dude, I said, Carl's going to be here all week. Maybe you and your son could stop by, enjoy the pool. He was super excited. He came down the next day and you got to see him as a father. You got to experience that and you captured some of it. Well, it's nice as you can tell that he's still quite, I mean, Obviously, he's as new as his son is old, but he's he's still a pretty new father mm-hmm. and a kind of excited, nervous energy about that, which is really sweet. And so, yeah, and he was, and it was nice because, you know, just very natural bitches where he was just being with his son in a way and being able to actually be away from him a little bit, come back. And because he's, you know, he was in the pool, he was in a, a situation that was making him a little nervous. Yeah. And he's very much comforted by his dad being there. And it's just, those are just the nice, simple things. Mm-hmm. Little boy being comforted by his dad. Is it a very normal and simple way? Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. It, it was super cool to see you. We all enjoyed it. That was such an amazing way to spend Monday, right? That was Monday morning, first day you were really here. And Jen got to enjoy playing with him and holding him, walking around. I got to hold him. He was sitting on my lap. I knew his favorite album was the car soundtrack. So I had that on. He was sitting here and then he was playing Knuckles with Derek the Demon. And we just did that for like 20 minutes. And both of our sons had fun playing with him too, I think. I know Jake really well, enjoys the other it. The nice thing too is that seeing the boys taking care of another boy. 
and they're both good at it. And they're both like being with little kids, which is which is great. Yeah, no, I thought that was super cool. I really enjoyed seeing that. All right, so go tell us a little bit more about the father photos or whatever you're going to call it, that project. And like, what do you, what do you, what's the goal? Like, what are you trying to show with it? Well, I mean, well, the reason it's been so difficult to do is because, you know, this was a much bigger thing that I was going to do at university once upon a time. And if you see, you know, you just ask the question, what's the goal of it? Well, not this small project, but the, the, the goal of the grand idea was just to help men be better, make men a little better when I set out about all the stuff that I was interested in at university. But, you know, in terms of this book, it is just to show pictures and, you know, and some prose and some text that showing men doing the good work of being dads. And I just think it's very important. I mean, I've always thought it's very important, but I think it's increasingly important because, yeah, kids are getting so confused about gender and, uh, and I've always I've always found it confusing and the softening up around the edges of it is good for everybody, but I don't think, yeah, but you want to make sure that it's clear too. So now have you decided, is it just fathers and sons? Is it fathers? No. and I mean, kids? that's how I started out just because that was my situation. And you know, that I, you know, think that there's this real you know, production of like the ideas of masculinity within that relationship of father and son and how it's talked about and how it's shown and all the rest of it. But no, I mean, for this, I just want, I just wanted to show real engaged pictures that are not posed particularly, that are not too cutesy, that are just men being good dads and enjoying doing things, being engaged in things with their children in a really natural way. So it's really, really simple stuff. It's not anything profound or, uh, and again, just it's real. Mm -hmm. Now, part of uh, finishing up this book, do you think, you'll see it done can you imagine you're ever even going to finish it that you'll ever publish it well you know the honest answer for that is it's hard for me because i uh, keep flip-flopping between is it is it a picture book is it a textbook one or the other one of those things has to be dominant and has to be then of a, a, a level of quality that's very important because it has to carry the thing so it, it's it's being clear on that it's believing that you know how I am. I'm like, it's tough to convince myself that it's worthy of, of that. But I mean, yeah, no, dude, I, I totally get it. But you, yeah, we, we have to get you over that because that's no different than me putting out any of my books. And that's what should make you feel good. And that's on like, you know, if nothing else, we'll make the book happen. You should not even have a doubt that it's going to happen. I get like the self doubt and like what might be holding it back. But if you get rid of that too, and just be like, oh, it's going to happen. Now I just need to like pull the trigger. Like, and those kinds of questions you could ask me or you could ask your other friends too. Like with the, you know, should it be this or should it be that? I'm like, okay, well show me, show me the two examples. I'm going to pick this one. I think, I think you go that way, you know, and then you, then you have that much more confidence. You, and, and then you think about it, You're like, you know what? Yeah. Mark does say that one, but no, I really do want this way. And I'll be like, yeah, dude, I was just like, I don't give a fuck either way. Just do it. <laughs> uh, so my plan worked. I'm excited about it, though. I, I do think it, and, and I think that's where I hit, you know, if I ever push you, it's like, okay, I see, I see a great thing that is right there, all but finished. I don't know if it's just that it's so personal to me that, uh, that I don't, you know, and it may be the only chance you get to do this, so you don't want to screw it up. And it is just very personal. So I wonder if sometimes like a first project, 
shouldn't be quite so personal. You'd be more willing to just give it a try and throw it out into the world. But it's it's just been the the drive, well, a really big, you know, narrative of my life. And it's just something that's important to me. When I'm a, I have the artist temperament. I, I have to be feeling it. I have to be in the moment. I have to be engaged in the passion that got me interested in it in the first place. Right. And sometimes lately, it's been a little bit hard finding that that again. I get it, but uh, yeah, and that's where I, I do think. Well, we'll see. We'll see how you're going to have some incredible photos, right? I think not only did you get some more great photos with Anthony, who knows whether or not you'll use them for the project, but those were incredible. Tonight, you're going to go back to 10 Planet Whittier with me and we'll have some of Coach Art with his four-year-old son. I love just watching the two of them when they're training. That'll be awesome to get some photos. Again, who knows whether they'll make the book, but there are also some other fathers there that are excited about having you there to take photos of them if they're on the mat with their kids or even while they're sitting and watching or shit, even on a water break. Those could be good photos too. So I don't know. Who knows if any of that stuff will go into the book, but I think it's getting you at least thinking about it again, motivated again, and and like you're going to go back through all your Facebook stuff and look for all your past stuff. That's something I did with what my TBI book. It's such a great way to really get the project moving and to give you like, okay, now I have all the information that I've ever had before. Let's pick out the good shit. Let's make it better. And let's just get this thing done. Yeah. Oh, before I forget, free books. I'm pretty free sure uh, this week, Totentanz in Germany is free. But that's my best book in Germany. Finally, the ratings are going up. Thank God. I won't find it down to like a 3.7, but now it's almost up to a 4. Thank you, my German readers. Unlocking a Cage is free on Amazon KDP. Dark and Disturbing collection 82 short stories twisted reunion untold mayhem and 25 perfect days all three of those books for like 2.99 what a fucking deal that is a good deal. that is a good deal 82 stories for three bucks jesus man almost unreal all right the ghostland contest finished we just sent off all the try not to die at ghostland t-shirts i have one right here i've been wearing it um it's pretty cool i died at ghostland and all i got was this t-shirt pretty fucking cool nothing on the back of this one although we're well no we're designing it so these ones you can get through duncanralston.com if you want the cooler ones get that shit from me sorry duncan no (laughs) i don't have them yet but we'll use the same thing brian the guy who designed all these shirts uh i'm wearing the new trying to die shirt the spider shirt he's designing a really cool design for the back of this so we're gonna have a lot of different trying not to die designs one thing that you were super helpful with was uh, going over the new Try Not to Die Dark Fairy Tale. My designer just gave it to me. I liked it, and I realized he had taken out, gotten rid of the Try Not to Die logo, which I had suggested before. And so on his own, he took that out, and he made Try Not to Die bigger. And I just thought it was better. But having you to discuss that with, a couple other things like that, that was super helpful. And going over back at Grandma's house with you, too. That was also helpful. So thank you. That was fun for me too to just see how your process works and how you are so prolific with your writing yeah well thank you thank you i was blocked on back at grandma's house ready to just give up just put to the side wasn't going to touch it all week but being able to do that just put me in a good place i realized like man i really only have maybe fucking 10 or 15 paragraphs to write again just like him i'm going to force myself just to finish it it's not bad it's good enough. It is not going to be the best try not to die. It's not going to be my favorite try not to die for sure. It's short, but 
it is what it is and I'm going to put it out and people will like it. And all that self-doubt about me not wanting to put it out because I'm not sure if it's going to be good enough. What a waste. So don't do that shit. But thank you for all your help and for listening. The other thing, I will be reading the next death scene from Trying to Die at Ghostland. Olivia will be reading the next chapter from Trying to Die at Ghostland. I don't know what chapter we're on. Probably like six or seven. Hopefully you guys are enjoying that. First, we're going to talk about Death Fest. Carl started reading it. Carl's a pretty smart guy. Much smarter than me. He's all reading highbrow. He's all like snooty tooty. You could probably tell by his, his accent, right? He's, not, he, he's from the U.S. He just tries to sound like this just to try to sound smart. But but you do you do read a lot of nonfiction and you're very intellectual. You look down on us common people. That's cool. Not at all. Whatever. Not. But no, I I hadn't read I Try Not to Die yet. What? I hadn't read Jesus. One. <laughs> I had I hadn't well, I hadn't got deep into one. And I started reading this one and I loved it. And I had fun with it. And I didn't want to stop reading it. And I was in your sauna. The timer went off. I had to put the timer back on. That's and, awesome. And then as I'm dripping all over this book, I'm realizing that it's, it's just straight up fun. It's good. It's in, If I don't want to stop doing it, that's a very good sign. And I, I didn't want to stop reading it. So That's awesome. That, no, that's super encouraging to hear because, yeah, I, I like if I could impress someone as judgmental as you. <laughs> uh, no, even. But no, that that's awesome. Someone coming from that end and then. And then I have friends that never read at all, but they're like, oh, dude, yeah, that was fun. I, I like I could read those kinds of books. Now, did you enjoy having to make decisions? Was there any anxiety making those decisions? Well, only, well, I mean, there's, there's the, the mild performative anxiety a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's there, but it's fun. That's what the whole point of the questions are, I think. If you don't have any anxiety about making them, it wouldn't really be that fun. So initially, I was trying to make the decision that I think I would really make. Mm. And not the one that might make for a better story. Like you might imagine you're being enticed into. So clearly I'm talking about quite an elaborate thought process right. when it comes to just making a decision. But so for me, the first time through, I tried to make all the decisions that I naturally would. And I thought this is, should keep me pretty safe. Mm. I'm a pretty sensible, reasonable guy. Right. You know, I don't really like rules, but if they're there, I'm going to follow them. I won't take stupidly unnecessary risks, I don't think. That's and, good. And, and, and in Death Fest, I was... It's funny because there's not a crowd or a culture that I'm familiar with. So even that's a little bit intimidating. So I'm probably going to be conservative with my choices, not to get mm -hmm. myself in a, in a big mess in this dang, potentially dangerous place. So that was really fun. And I thought that maybe I'd get all the way through being sensible and being me, but I died a horrible death in the toilet. A really horrible death. That's <laughs> one of my favorites. Me being very earnest and serious and trying to do all the right things. That's cool. Well, that's what I'm counting on, right? Like I'm, Lots of times, like, okay, no one's going to pick that one. Everyone's going to realize that's the death scene. So then I have to reward it or or, or change things up because... That must be a real challenge of doing it. Sometimes. Sure. And then you don't want to feel like it's too much. I don't want to be like... And you can't do it every time. So sometimes you do that. Sometimes you do this. Sometimes. So that way the readers don't really know which one. I Like, okay, is he being a dick this time? Or and I shouldn't say he... I should say we glenn and i both read, wrote this you know with all these books except for back at grandma's house i need to give my co-authors credit i and i do i just sometimes i'll talk about it like i did it well but you guys did us. a great job because you know I, I mean i after i spent time with it the first day 
then I was interested to go back. And and again, this I mean, I wouldn't have thought I'd have as much fun with it as I did. And I wanted to go back and then keep again. So the next level of of, re, of choice is is after uh, making the reasonable choice. And sometimes there's one or more, two more choices. I'm gonna still err on the conservative end mm. and and think, well, okay, I didn't quite get it right in the last one, so maybe. And I enjoy it sustained cool. me through that. So it, it certainly wasn't one hit and then you're done. It, it sustained me to want to keep playing around with it. And even today, I can stop because it was lunchtime. Otherwise, I wouldn't have stopped. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That, yeah, that that's <laughs> super cool. That gives me confidence because not a lot of people have read this book yet. I did just send off copies around the world which is awesome the proofs i was able to send to australia canada the uk usually i'm not able to get paperbacks to people but i was able to do that through amazon so that was cool the early responses have all been positive with people really enjoying it and so and and more than anything they're just excited about these kinds of books so people that have bought ghostland going buying all of them right and i think that's you know and again so for me same thing i had fun with that in a way that i it was more than I thought. It sustained me to do it. Uh, and I just, yeah, I, I liked it too because I felt it was, a, it seemed to me pretty authentic representation of that environment, which I've never been in. That's cool. And really don't think I want to. <laughs> Especially <laughs> I, I that. love that. Dude, I, 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 worked, <laughs> I worked so many concerts um, and, and just because of that. Like I got the security job so I could work concerts, metal concerts. Right. all over and nice i love that shit and go to them all the time so this was a lot of fun being able to write this was fun but so for me the newport folk festival that's the one that i would go to this is very different probably not a lot of deaths go going ahead. on there yeah yeah different crowd different. so i think we'll go out on death best we still again this wasn't for you to come out here and work this was to hang out and have fun we got a lot of shit done we're still going to have a lot of fun Tonight, I actually get to go and roll with Jin and Liv. I think you might get some photos of that too, which would be cool. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. One more day of training. Then I don't think we have anything else planned. Jake and Jin were going to do a tournament this Saturday. Luckily, neither of them had people in their division, so they're not competing. So we're just hanging out, having fun at the pool, maybe go do something, but probably just hang out at the pool. It's always good. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, wish Carl luck finishing his book. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And a safe trip home and all that too. But really, like, let's, let's concentrate on this book. No, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. I'm sorry if I'm oftentimes a little too much of a dick. We're trying to decide whether or not it's a California thing, if it's an American thing, or if I'm just kind of an asshole. But it's one of those. Either way, I love you. Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> I love you too. Thank you very much. You guys don't go anywhere. I'm going to read the death scene from Try Not to Die at Ghostland. All right. So this is the end of the last scene. Let's do it. With a group this large, it's likely many of these people are going to die. That doesn't mean it's a doomed plan, but we might as well be putting targets on our heads. There's as good a chance I could find my friends either way, but if I go with them, I feel there's more risk of dying than if I go on alone. All right, so did you go off with the group or did you head off alone? I'm hoping that you went off. No, actually, I hope you went with the group. Let's do that. There's strength in numbers, and I'm not going to find anyone stronger, braver, or more knowledgeable about the park than these two guards. I've done all I can on my own, and I'm lucky to still be alive. Church might be gone, but Leonard and Nico will help protect us. Only a few people aren't convinced they should go with the group. One is the couple with the little baby, and as much as I hope they're okay on their own, I'm glad they don't listen to Nico trying to convince them they'll be safer with us. 
Bright falls or bust, Leonard says, taking the lead and walking us up the path. The rest of us stay close together and follow. I've got our six, Nico says from the rear. Everything is deathly quiet, nothing but the occasional scream or sob floating on the wind, the squeak and crunch of our shoes on the sidewalk. I've got a terrible feeling that I should have listened to my gut, but we've got this. Fifteen sets of eyes, fifteen sets of ears. The path splits. Leonard holds up his hand and everyone freezes. We're never going to get there, the grandpa in the blue vest grumbles. Leonard peeks around the corner. He spins to us and shouts, Retreat! Shit. We're two bunched up and half of us tumble over each other to the ground. I pop to my feet and help the little girl beside me push her to her parents. Their screams everywhere as ghosts pour through the bushes and buildings to our right. Skeletal pirates swooping down overhead. Zombie prisoners encircling us. One, two, three people get picked off by the pirates, screaming as the ghosts snatch them up and carry them into the sky. The zombies are doing just as much damage, tearing off arms, snapping necks, crushing chests, until there's only a few of us left. A burst of multicolored light follows a sharp electrical zap. Nico grunts, Oorah! He's holding out a little black gun-looking thing at arm's length. Use your taser, he shouts. It kills him. I don't have a taser, but there's a big black metal flashlight lying on the edge of the cement stoop below the security booth. A zombie's fingers graze my shirt as I dive for it and roll to the side in a crouched position. A pirate swoops down for Nico, but he fires his taser at it, the ghost exploding in another burst of light. The zombie prisoner's still coming after me, arms outstretched like he needs a hug. I shine the light on his face, but nothing happens. The beam of light goes right through him. I get to my feet and back up toward Leonard, who just blasts another ghost into nothingness. Help! The zombie takes another step, and I swing the flashlight at him like I'm hoping for a home run. He rips it out of my hand, snaps it in two, and shows me his new weapons. Church! I scream, not sure how I got stuck back against the security booth with nowhere to run. Nico rushes over, but his taser's not firing. Shit, he grunts. Battery's running low. The zombie swings the jagged metal at my stomach. I reach behind me for the door handle. My fingers grasp it and I tear it open, dive inside, slam the door behind me, and quickly crawl under the desk. I should have remembered ghosts can walk through walls. Too late. The dead prisoner spots me cowering under the desk and heads right for me. I leap up and scramble toward the front window, but I can't bring my hands up in time to block the zombie jabbing the jagged piece of flashlight right into my chest. I scream and a high-pitched whine bursts from my punctured lung as the zombie spins me around and pins me to the wall, slowly turning his wrist in a circle. No! My kicks do nothing. Same with my punches. I can't push my way. The last thing I hear before I lose consciousness for good is Leonard calling my name. The correct choice was head off alone. Don't go with a group. What were you thinking? All right, guys. Here it is. Narrated by my daughter, Liv Tullis. Hope you enjoy it. I will talk to you guys next week. Peace. It's probably smarter to go with the group. More bodies means more protection. But I just can't shake the feeling that someone's bound to mess up and call attention to us. And we're all going to die. Smaller groups are better. They can move quicker and hide easier. Maybe it's crazy, but I'm still hoping church will come back and it'll be just the two of us again. I'm really starting to realize just how lost I am without his help. He was my guardian angel. Without him, I'm just Lucy. 
I tell Nico and Leonard that I need to find my friends, that I'm going to go on without them. You shouldn't go alone, Leonard says. He turns to his partner and says, she shouldn't go alone, right? Nico shrugs. It's not like we can force her to come with us. I've been alone this long, I remind them. We'll go with you, a man says, holding a very calm baby in one of those front-facing papoose things. His wife, I guess, squeezes his hand and nods with a tight smile. They're both about my parents' age and lick in the middle, with kind faces despite sharing the fearful and shell-shocked look everyone else here wears. Leonard nods back. Okay, look, unless you're going to hide out until the cavalry comes, your best shot at getting out of here is to still the service hatch. You want to split from the group, that's fine, but you'll be safe from the maintenance tunnels. Maintenance tunnels, the baby's father asks. Nico fields this one. There's underground tunnels all over the park. Easiest way for maintenance to get from one place to another with their trucks and equipment, without disturbing the crowds. Most of the major exhibits have entrance hatches, but you need a key. Except the truck entrances, Leonard says. They're always open, but there's only a few. One at the prison, one behind the haunted vehicle museum, one behind the saloon in Ghost Town, USA, a couple of others. You can walk it, but the fastest way to get there is the ghost tram. Ghost tram? The baby's mother asks. The cable cars, Leonard says. There's a few lines running over the park. Closest one's a little ways past the visitor center. Listen, we ought to go, right, Nico? Nico nods, looking unsure. Stay safe out there, Lucky. Thanks. You guys, too. With that, Leonard hikes up his pants by the belt, and we all head our separate ways. As we walk cautiously, looking out for any movement in the shadows or in air, the father introduces himself as Mitch Harper. He's pretty young, but already going bald, and his pot belly makes me think he drinks a lot of beer rather than that he's got a sweet tooth. The mother is Sharon. Her hair is frizzy and she has bags under her eyes, and I wonder if she does most of the work with the baby. They introduce the little one as Michelle and make her wave a chubby little hand. I smile and introduce myself and give baby Michelle a little wave, though I'm not much of a baby person, especially when there's a good chance that the baby's going to die. We walk for a way, talking very little, all kind of in shock, I think. They ask me who I came with, and it's hard holding back tears when I tell them about Gabby and Eli. And even Jordan. It's only been maybe an hour, but I already miss them so much. I miss Jordan's stupid macho jokes and Gabby's I can't even eye rolls. I miss squeezing Eli's hand when I'm scared and his dimples when he smiles down at me, telling me everything's going to be okay. This was supposed to be a fun day together, a road trip to end all road trips, one last blast before summer, when I'll be working at my parents' store. Even if I'm able to reunite with them today, we'll all go our separate ways in a few months' time. By the end of August, they'll all be at different schools in different towns, and I'll be stuck at home, catching up on credits I missed. Eli will meet someone new at college, and maybe we'll get together at Thanksgiving, but he'll be thinking of her. And over the Christmas holidays, he'll say he's got something to tell me, and I'll ask him what, even though I already know exactly what he's going to say to me, that maybe we should take some time off, or that he's already been seeing this new girl. 
Right, Lucky? I look up from my shoes scuffing the asphalt. Huh? Sharon repeats herself, saying that we'd be smarter to take the tunnels instead of the cable cars that Leonard and Mitch suggested. We've already seen ghosts flying in the air. How do you know it won't be worse underground, Mitch asks with a frown. Down there we'll be trapped. We'll be sitting ducks in those cable cars. And the map says Ghost Town USA is closer than the ghost tram. What do you think, Lucky? Mitch asks. This might be the first time an adult is legitimately asking my opinion on something. I have to consider it carefully. Both options seem pretty dangerous. I'm about to say so when a scream stops everything. What the fuck is that? Language, Mitch. Oh, for God's sake, Sharon, get a grip. He walks faster, heading towards the scream, which is the exact opposite way I think we should be going. But I guess if someone needs help, we should at least try. We're nearing an old farmhouse. I remember seeing it on the map, but I can't recall the name. It has a reclaimed wood fence, a windmill, and a grain silo and everything. I hurry around the corner after Mitch, with Sharon jogging along behind us. The screamer's on the ground, crab walking backwards away from the biggest person I've ever seen outside of the movie. The giant wears overalls and big rubber boots. The guy on the ground is dressed in a blue tracksuit with white stripes. Tracksuit guys backs into the fence. We're close enough now to hear his whimpers as the giant plods towards him. Wait, Sharon whispers. Mitch freezes. You're not going over there. We can't just let him die, can we? Sharon thinks it over. All right, give me the baby. Mitch nods and unstraps the papoose from his shoulders. He hands baby Michelle over, still cradling it. Don't get yourself killed, Sharon says. Mitch gives her a tight smile. I'll be good, he says. They exchange a brief kiss, and Mitch begins his approach. Will you go with him? Sharon asks me with a fearful look. Make sure he doesn't get himself killed. Mitch is right. Someone should try and help this man. But it was his decision. Should I put my own life at risk for people I don't even know? Time for a decision. You can help Mitch save the tracksuit guy, or you can just stay behind.